0: Peace family. Happy Sunday. It's your boy Tuka. Welcome back to AL. I'm just a kid, so I can't cuss. Thank you for every like, comment, and listen. Here's your host, Queen Smoke.
1: Hey y'all, it's your girl, Queen Smoke. Many of you may be wondering why I chose a podcast as my platform. To keep it real with you, I don't want to be looked at. I want to be listened to. I know that if I can get it to your mind, that I got your attention. Now, I'm going to need all the bitches, all the niggas, and all the bitch niggas to leave the building. Because it's time to air it the fuck out. This week, we're going to talk about addiction in the black community and how it affects us in 2023. This week, my co-hosts are Big Bleaks and Ray Ray. I thank you both for this because we we truly need this conversation, especially in the climate of today, uh, where a lot of Black individuals, men, women, non binaries alike, use substances use substances or just are addicted to a lot of things. When we talk about addiction, it's generally a neuropsychological disorder defining pervasive and intense urge to engage in maladaptive behaviors, providing immediate rewards despite their harmful consequences. Dependence is generally an addiction that can involve withdrawal issues. A person with an addiction uses a substance or engages in a behavior for which the rewarding effects provide a compelling incentive to repeat the activity despite detrimental consequences. Addiction may involve the use of substances such as alcohol, inhalants, opioids, cocaine, and nicotine or behaviors such as gambling, sex, even distracted driving. Addiction involves craving for something intensely, loss of control over its use, and continuing involvement with it despite adverse consequences. Addiction changes the brain, first by subverting the way it registers pleasure, and then by corrupting other normal drives such as learning and motivation. Have you ever struggled with addiction? Or have you ever witnessed someone struggle with addiction and please describe the experience
0: i would say absolutely in my family i've seen um a lot of my family members like mostly women addicted to men or addicted to the need to have a man there a man there so i feel like um that's a form of addiction you know alcohol marijuana drugs like that that's very addicted. but i feel like a lot. A main addiction we don't talk about is people of not want to be alone, of not wanting to be alone, fear of thyself. Mm.
1: Heavy, big blinks? Have you ever struggled with addiction or witnessed addiction in your life?
2: Me personally, I never struggled with addiction, but I have witnessed it growing up with my family members, people that stayed at my house. Alcohol, drugs was one of them. Bad, like staying up all night where everybody sleep. Um, just addicted, just literally up for hours, high, drunk, like, real bad.
1: Same here. Like, honestly, I've seen addiction my whole life, you know? And as a kid, of course, you can't formulate, like, oh, you think it's just party, it's fun, oh, this is nice. And my house in particular was always, like, the busy house. And we say the party house because my mother's the youngest of 10, my dad has siblings, I have so many cousins, so everybody wanted to congregate at our house, play a little music, and it's a party, because that's how much relatives I have, enough to have a little mini party a little section you know so basically growing up I witnessed many addictions from crack addictions drug addictions sex addictions um the list goes on you know what I mean literally the list goes on and I just seen some person uh, personally a lot of people struggle with addiction as as Ray Ray mentioned you know for for sure we'll get into it you know but a lot of addiction with in relationships thinking that you can't live without this person is very toxic it's very chaotic but they can't leave one another alone and we'll get into that. So just, you know, being able to acknowledge that we're rooted in a lot of pain, that the experience that black people have been experiencing since they stepped on foot in America, you know, it has been very rough for us. A lot of people rely on these substances to make them feel good, to make them forget, to numb the pain, to help them cope. But negative coping don't really get you far, you know? So with addiction in our community, it destroys households, it doesn't It doesn't keep them together. And we are gonna get into it. So I wanted to share this story about when I was around, I think about 12 years old. And um, my uncle, it's my my great uncle, actually, it's my dad's uncle, was struggling real bad with drugs. I always heard about, you know, this certain uncle was uh, on drugs and stuff. His temperament, his attitude, his mood swings. I, could, I knew very young that he was struggling with something, you know? So basically one day, he used to always come and visit us. He'll bring us candy. He had a lot of women around him sometimes, different girlfriends, and he brought his one girlfriend you could tell like she used to be a beautiful woman you know but just life and circumstances and her consuming these drugs was pretty much ruined her life so basically <clears throat> on this particular day i believe it was a weekend because i don't remember re- you know really remember going to school i believe i was either out of summer out of out of school i was out of school so it was a weekend or summer or something like that but it was the summertime i'm pretty sure it was the summertime. Anywho, my uncle had, it was a crack pipe literally in my house on the counter with crack in it. Like literally kids around, parents around. I was 12 and I knew, no, this is a crack pipe. Like I just wrapped it up in tissue and I placed it in a trash can. You know, when I tell you my uncle went ballistic from zero to hundred looking for that crack pipe, but couldn't say he looking for a crack pipe. Cause once again, there's kids around his family's around. So he kind of, he just kind of took it off on the lady, you know, kind of start whooping her ass in front of me. A <laughs> little kid, don't talk to my nieces, bitch, don't do this. And he was like, I'm looking for something, I'm looking for something. I like, cause I asked him, are you looking for something? Nah, nah, nah. But I knew, cause I threw it away, you know, just to see the craving, the anger. I seen like 20 emotions in one. I knew for a fact I would never be a crackhead. You know what I mean? And that's just something that <clears throat> was a core memory for me because I never want to be that dependent on something outside of myself. That i'm beating people up that i'm going crazy that i'm mood swing mood changes it was something that really scared me and kind of gave me a aha moment of like addiction is really real like when they say addiction they mean do anything say anything act any way to get it until you get it you know so that was something that just kind of broke my heart for my uncle because he was a really good person you know and he's what in his 70s late 60s still struggling with addiction for had an had, has had an addiction for over 40 years Remy, I believe it was around that time. Do you remember that story?
0: Yes, I remember. And I think he dropped the pipe right next to him and it was dirt and he didn't see it. And me and Nisu was both right there and we saw it. And then um, his girlfriend was sitting in the car. He had like control over her. He said, look straight, don't say nothing. She didn't look at us. She was sitting in the car for about, like the whole visit, maybe 30, 45 minutes. Finally, my dad came out like, what's the ruckus? What's going on? He like, oh, Monk, I lost you. You know, he told my dad. My dad like, turn around. It's right there. He saw it. He like, oh, you know, hurry up and put it in his pocket. And it was like, oh, okay, you know. But by that time, he already done literally right in front of me. And Queen Smoke slapped the taste out of his girlfriend's mouth. Like, I thought he broke her jaw. That's and literally and then like because he thought that she took his stuff and i'm like what the heck if that make you you know how much you say you love this woman you care for this woman and that's my my wife i never let nobody hurt her and like for him to do that over what you know what i mean something that he lost i was like that's just that ain't love Mm -hmm. i was that's the realization that i said something like that a drug that you're using makes you know like pretty much takes away all your takes away you takes away your personality your inhibitions your morals Cause the uncle i knew would never lay his hands on nobody you know what i mean but that day it was just like oh no you took it it's you
1: when we speak about addiction we also got to speak about the triggers the signs and the symptoms in the black community that can cause someone to battle with addiction so when we talk about triggers a trigger is an emotional environmental or social situation that drags up memories of drug or alcohol abuse or use in the past. These memories can stir up strong emotions that lead to the impulse to use a substance again. Triggers do not necessarily lead to a relapse, but they do make it harder to resist the sudden cravings they produce. If you ever seen the show Intervention, you know that at the end when the family brings this person, the addicted person together for an intervention, they always offer a treatment center that's not in town, that's not in the state most of the times. This is due to the fact that One of the major triggers could be your environment where you live you know if i live in downtown you know what i mean where everybody frequent and it's all the dope heads and crackheads and i go i get you know i go to treatment as soon as i I gotta kind of stay away because i'll come back to the same thing and it's like an urges so what kind of triggers have you guys seen they have an acronym for halt: hungry angry lonely and tired. Kind of when somebody feels those ways, it kind of give them a trigger of like, oh, I should get high. I feel alone. I feel angry. I want, you know, I want. I don't want to feel anything. Like I said, kind of always um, suppressing emotions and not wanting to feel. How, what kind of triggers have you seen that make somebody want to use use
2: drugs, use alcohol, things like that? Angry, irritated, mad. Just everything. A lot.
0: I feel like it'd be like, oh, I had a bad day. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm gonna go get higher. I'm gonna go give into my addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, stressed out at work. You know what I mean? I'm overwhelmed mm-hmm. when... I'm overstimulated. It's so easy to get overstimulated. so much noise, the kids yelling, the dogs barking and the water running and the bill's in and out, you hear the door, you know what I mean, all that stuff going on, the bills, the door shutting and closing, the kids work, in and out. Yeah. you know what I mean, work, just other significant other is is you know on you quote unquote nagging you, you're like, oh man, it's a lot. I need to go get some headspace. People not understanding that nine times out of ten if you just go and take a breather. Give yourself five ten minutes you know what i mean to come back you'll be fine but they don't understand that they don't understand self-regulation you know what i mean we gotta understand our emotions we're never allowed to feel them you uh, don't be disrespectful you're a kid stay in kid's place so you you always just suppress those emotions and now as an adult you're feeling them and you're you're letting yourself feel you're overwhelmed so i feel like it could be anything a bad day oh i stubbed my toes you know what i mean people be looking for a scapegoat anything that's so true you know just
1: challenging and negative emotions like you said you keyword you said emotional regulation you're supposed to learn how to breathe you're supposed to learn how to work through your your emotions at a young age so when you get older when things happen when stress of life fall on you because one thing about stress it don't last forever problems don't last forever bad days don't last forever so when you uh, when you recognize that and you see that life is kind of like it goes in waves some days you roll up you high you feel like you're touching the sky some days you're going to feel like i'm in a deep hole but you know most days it's going to kind of mellow out if you learn how to regulate that like ray ray said it learns okay this is just me feeling hungry this is me Ill- irritated this is me mad and upset what can i do we'll talk about healthy coping you know but things like denying help a lot of people don't want to ask for help thinking that the people can read your mind you know, a lot of people, they have physical and mental illness. So in order to feel better, you know, something started like, oh, I hurt my back and it turns to a full blown opioid addiction. They lost control. Some things for mental health, you know, oh, I'm on depression medication and things like that. And they want to feel something else. They don't want to, you know, PTSD, childhood trauma, social isolation, romantic relationships, influence in a lot of relationships, your friendships, your romantic uh, relationships, your family relationships, new job and promotion or a loss of employment death of a loved one, grief, all these things can trigger <clears throat> a physical response to like, I need to, I need to get my fix. I need to get my fix, insert whatever addiction. You know what I mean? When we talk about signs, some signs of addiction include problems at work or school, including poor performance, lateness, or just not coming at all, social dysfunction, loss of energy or motivation for life, neglecting your appearance spending excessive amounts of money on the substance, obsessing about the next dose, ensuring a consistent supply of the substance, worrying about the next source of the substance, performing risky behaviors while under the influence. You know what I mean? With, experiencing withdrawal symptoms when unavailable or unable to take the drug, developing tolerance, meaning that over time you're gonna need more and more and more. Because what they always say, every, ever since I was a little kid, and knew about addiction within my family i was always told the first the first hit is the best you'll never you everything the reason that addiction you know goes so long is people chasing that first high so that always kind of scared me you know feeling the feeling of euphoria once you do get it stealing to get the drug lying about even doing the drug or alcohol getting defensive or aggressive aggressive when somebody questioned are you under the influence um, compulsively taking the drug and not being able to stop taking it all defines having an addiction. And last but not least, when the symptoms that we talk about, loss of energy and motivation, like I mentioned, neglecting your appearance, you're spending money that you don't have. Do you guys see some symptoms, some signs? What will make you know that, yeah, this person is, when you said that you had addiction throughout your family as a child, what types of things did you see that no, yeah, they, go, they down bad? You know what I mean? This person is. Something's
2: going on. Because one day you will see them regularly and one day you will see them, it can be anything. Mouth foaming up. It can be jaw moving. It can be, like you said, you ask them one question, you question them, they get mad. You Just different ways you can kind of tell when somebody like, oh, no, like Queen Smoke said. When they get that first high, is the best high. So they keep chasing, they keep chasing it, and they can never get it. So they take it more, they're taking more, they're doing different things, they're mixing things, Mm -hmm. and still trying to get that same high. And now you down bad. Now you just addicted. It's sometimes it's how they look, how they dress, different stuff like that. You can really be addicted.
0: I agree, absolutely, hundred percent. Because I see people, you know, first they dress nice, they can maintain that for so long, but then. when they become full-blown addiction, like, versus um, on special occasions, New Year's, Christmas, Thanksgiving, oh, it's a birthday party, you know, we going out, we going to Miami, are we flying out here, okay, I'll do it. And then next thing you know, it's like, okay, now it's every other day, you know what I mean? Okay, now it's every weekend. And then it spills over from the weekend into your weekday, and then now that shit is every day. So you're like, oh, man, I got a problem, you know what I mean? Like, it's not for fun anymore. Now I'm addicted. First, it's we do habit. it for fun. You yeah, become it a becomes a habit. It's the addiction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now it's like, now it's, it's it's not just, you know what I mean, on occasion. Like, oh, I'm an occasional drinker. No, it's a habit. Now I'm doing this every day. And now I'm realizing that not only am I doing it every day, I'm craving it. Mm-hmm. When I don't do it, I don't feel myself. So, you know what I mean? It's like, that's withdrawal. And you're like, oh, man, I feel like I'm going crazy. I feel like when people let go and they start using word salad, You know what I mean? They get so paranoid and they're like, oh, man, uh, the police are coming and everybody's watching me and the sun don't shine. And, you know, they know what you're talking about. And you're part of the problem, too. And I think they have you with me. And you'd be like, what are you talking about? That doesn't make sense. And they're like, you know, so paranoid. It's paranoia. It's like dilated pupils and they're not acting like themselves. You're like, yes, it's it's not making no sense to me. Right. I think for a lot of
1: people in our community, they got to understand that addiction runs in your DNA genetic disposition, that mean, you're exposed to it. So like Ray Ray said, it starts off as like, oh, I'm a college student, I'm partying, this is fun. But if it runs in your family, you have to understand that you may not be able to quit. Your body may crave more because it's in your DNA, it's in your bloodline, it's in your history of everybody that your grandpa, if your grandpa was a drunk, your daddy was a drunk, I'm sorry, but if you don't take pay attention, and if you don't notice, you might be a little drunk, you know what I mean? And when we talk about breaking generational curses, you got to be aware of your family history. You got to know what's going on. A lot of people don't know their family. A lot of people don't like their family. A lot of people don't speak to their family. There's no real elders in our community anymore where we can go. Like when I was a little, when I was a little girl, I loved hearing stories. I loved hearing how my my people grew up. I loved hearing about my mom's side, my dad's side. Just loving how those com- community family and community ties. Nowadays, it's like every everybody for themselves. I'm solo dolo, but like. A lot of people suffering with mental health don't know running the family struggling with addiction don't know running the family because nobody talks you know families are so um strained nowadays you know what i mean so it's just like getting to know your history getting to know who you are getting to know where you come from really will help you dictate where you're going if you don't know where you came from you don't know where you're going you know what i mean if i just get in my car with no directions how would i know how, how are you going to be able to break a curse if you don't know that oh man you know alcoholism runs in my family drug use and drug abuse runs in my family you know what i mean sex uh you know sexual addiction and promiscuity runs in my family you gotta you gotta get to know your people you gotta get to know your parents your grandparents you gotta get to know your aunts and uncles you gotta get to know because even if your your parents is squeaky clean they don't do anything do you have an auntie do you have an uncle these think this is really when we talk about a bloodline we're talking about check everybody you know what i mean check everybody and not thinking, not being so self-righteous to say it, it won't be me, it can't be me. Because it's literally when it runs in your family, it's closer to you than you think. How does addiction affect the black men in our community?
0: I would say it shows out in their rage, lack of self-control, um, lack of um, impulse control, you know, like they get to the point where they're like, uh, say if their girlfriend or significant other you know is cussing them out and they're getting into an argument they don't have self-control where they could just walk away and get that time like I was saying earlier you know to themselves take a breather they just act so they'd be like man I just got mad I blacked out or you know what I mean I just saw white or saw red and next thing I know police here they taking me you know to jail telling me I got two three years for domestic violence because I dang near killed her, you know what I mean or and that now they sit now they got in jail and they got the time to think and they just like oh man they take classes and it's like it kind of sucks because it's in prison or in jail where they learned that oh I didn't have self-control or you know what I mean they learn more about themselves like you have to be sat down kind of like you're in school adult school you know what I mean which is not really school because you don't get no rights no privileges and now they're able to realize oh this is what I did wrong you know what I mean so I feel like it shows out in their lack of self-control it shows their addiction shows out you know what I mean and them not want to do right not want to have a consistent schedule want to do what they want to do oh she's gonna stay home she's gonna watch the kids I'm gonna do what I want to do I'm gonna go on the block you know what I mean I feel like it's just a lot like they're not themselves like she say it starts to change they are be like oh he don't come watch the kids no more now he's taking from the kids piggy bank or now he you right, know what I mean right. don't give him an allowance no more now he angry with the kids now I see him, you know what I mean? He and he went from being a loving, caring dad to he angry all the time, you know what I mean? Cause now he can't, he got to figure out, okay, I'm addicted to this stuff, but I got to try to still be a family man. You know what I mean? It's like my two worlds are colliding.
2: I completely agree with Ray Ray. I say self-control. They start robbing, they start killing, they start doing different things. Yes. Um, addicted to domestic violence. They want to fight. They want to, it can be domestic violence with, Anybody, yeah. you know, the guy at the liquor store, uh, yeah. another family. another family, another woman did yeah. just self-control, yeah. they they can't control it no more because it's taking the, the, take, take yeah. it, the, the drugs are so so strong where you can't control yourself. How they drive, they're getting pulled over. They might be high on drugs, yeah. yep. DUI. They might be high on drugs. Right, <laughs> they might just keep driving. I'm just going, I'm just going to keep driving. Today put me on high, um, a high speed chase. Now I'm in jail. So it's it's different acts the way a man can be addicted. Absolutely, and you know the
1: biggest thing is the fatherless homes. Uh, like I said, repeating the curse of what your parents have done to you. Now your children are angry. Now they're going in the streets looking for love, looking for problems, ready to take off on anybody that's look at them crazy. It really intertwines. I'm so passionate about our community because everything intertwines. I have so much. I go through so much shit every day because people want to ask me why do I care. I care because I want to care before it comes to my front door. I want to care before it's one of my nephews or nieces. I want to care before it's my child. I want to be care, care before it's one of my brothers, one of my sisters, one of my, you know, one of my friends and somebody that I love, my man. I don't want to care when it's at the door. A lot of people in our community are so ignorant. They don't care. I don't give a fuck about no gun. Black on black line, I don't give, oh, until it's your brother. Now you want, now you care,
2: now you sad. Or when they see it, they don't want to, that don't have nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that's not me, That that's him. That. Don't want to speak on it i understand sometimes that's your business but they don't they don't never want to speak on it so like you like queen smoke said when i want to say something before it comes to my friend mm-hmm. or first first my sister first my cousin my relative my brother my anybody in my family
1: right and i just feel like you know with so many black men i feel like a lot of the community don't hold them accountable in a way of like you cannot stay here. If you want drugs, you cannot, you don't have, you know, a lot of moms, a lot of black mothers, the elders, I'm going to have to, you know, I got to say, say it like it Church <laughs> going elders, even in my own family, you call your grown sons and you let them do whatever they want. Go out and do dirt all day and come home to your house, bringing smoke, heat, fire to your house, meaning that it may not be safe and protected. Like I said, what if you what if the person that's on, you know, with the addiction, what if they owe somebody for the product? And they come lay your head at your house. So you gotta understand that we gotta be responsible as a community. Let people know, hey, you uh-uh, not over here. Because I I I a thousand percent do it in my home. Can't nobody come bring no drama to my door for what? Like, you know what I mean? So it's up to us to keep our community clean. We gotta clean up the trash, whatever that may look like. It's hard to dodge bullets. I don't wanna dodge this <laughs> You know what I mean? Literally,
2: I don't even want to know what that. Know what that me, like.
1: We me and Ray Ray literally just saw a case right now where a boy came, a young Mexican Hispanic boy. Came to Texas, shot up a house because he said him and the boy got into a fight three years ago. So for three years, season on that, was stalking the young man's house for three days, shot the house up, thought that was cool. Looked on the news, killed the boy's mom. So it was like real, yes, killed the boy's mom. So it was just like, no, no, no emotional regulation, no control. It's like you, you notice that I, even Mozzie have a song. I think he said, oh no, it was um, what's his name, T Grizzly. Remember when he said, boy, you know, you can't do that shit without no Molly. <laughs> That's the truth. It gets like, it make you like super Hulk. You know what I mean? It gives you kryptonite. It's, it's not your kryptonite. It gives you the power. It gives you the courage to go do something. When you real drunk, you got the courage. When you real high, you got the courage. Fuck it. Let me go snatch your purse. Let me go take her life. Let me go take his life. Anybody look at you so paranoid. Anybody look at me, it's over. I, I, I have seen that a thousand times in my life. People that, you know. People addicted to something they go from a zero to a thousand. I know you know that you know big blings just at your job working, the demographic that you work around. You know always people explosive. We forget one thing they ask for one thing if you're not speaking to them fast
2: enough zero to a hundred. You know I witnessed ten million times I can be at work it can it can simply be because of a cup of water the bathroom. You tell them no they they pick up a tray and throw it, mm-hmm. grab the trash throw it why right. <laughs> I said right. no right. like why are you trying to be why are you trying
0: to fight right. It's because they're so far gone in their addiction that they don't care about nobody but themselves. Like, Big Blinks said the other day, it's a girl in there washing up, and we had, you know what I mean, uh, my sister that works with her there, and she's, you know, with child right now, so she really couldn't do nothing. And the lady wanted, oh, what are you guys gonna do? And she wanted to pretty much challenge them, thinking nobody's gonna do nothing. Big Blinks came up like, you need to get out now. We're not sitting up here playing that, you know what I mean? What did she do? She got out. She said, if you touch me, it's over, pretty much. But it's like, they have to go through shit like that every day. They have to deal with stuff like that every day. People think that, oh, it's their job. Like, but people have emotions, people have feelings. The same way you get overwhelmed, they get overwhelmed. We're all human, you know what I mean? But these people be so far in their addiction that they don't even acknowledge you, you know what I mean? They just act irrational. I seen the girl in the drive-thru when I went to McDonald's to give my mama some chocolate chip cookies. She had her whole ass out. I was like, you're choosing me your your is out. She wanted to sit up here, oh, ma'am, what? I'm like, you can't cross through the drive-thru, you can get hit, it's dangerous. Then when I came to the end, I was like, Your ass is out. She looked, oh yeah, 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 you're right. I'm like, my nephew's in the car. You know what I mean? But I'm just like, they're so caught up in begging for change or getting to where she gotta go that she don't understand that it's other people around you that you have to be courteous. But nowadays nobody really do that. Whether it's the addiction of their lives, the addiction of doing the same thing on the hamster wheel over and over and over, they're so caught up that they don't even realize they bumped it to you, they don't even realize they sideswiped you, they don't even realize that the light's green. You know what I mean? They're so stuck in their head or their addiction. That they can't really see nobody else for who they are.
1: That's facts, you know, just even if black men being the leaders in our households, if the leader's gone, it's like the, that's like the captain of the ship jumped off. The ship gonna sink or the ship gonna crash. Eventually, even if the black woman get in there and try to steer the ship, she's not as strong as the captain. You know what I mean? She's not as equipped as the captain. Don't mean she can't do it, because a lot of black women have steered a lot of ships, but I'm saying for us to break these curses for us to make family work because that's the thing we separate from one another black man separate from black woman leaving her with the black children vice versa you know what i mean when you separate your family you separate your life you separate your destiny you separate your dreams that's why i always say i have to lead back to this number one fact you have to be careful who you make a family with this is your legacy this is your life why are you playing with it why are you playing with your legacy why are you playing with your life it's not a game in what ways does addiction affect black women in our community?
2: It starts with motherhood. They start not taking care of their kids. Lack of motherhood, basically. Mm-hmm. They start selling that swat. They be doing whatever, late night, trying to lead the kids by themselves because I got to go do what I got to do. Mm-hmm. I'm high and I, I have to do this. I have to pay bills and pay for my addiction. It's, I'm not being funny, I'm being real. Like, it's, right. it's the truth. Um, they, domestic violence. They start trying to fight they niggas, bust they lip But <laughs> black in they eye, prison. They're going to prison just as well as men. Um, pretty much everything. I would agree because first they loving, they caring.
0: You know what I mean, babe. I love you, and then when he don't want to do what you want him to do, fuck you. I'm gonna kill you. I was watching something the other day with a football player where she got mad. You know, she started beating on him, and she was like, "Oh, you know what." I'm gonna send my brothers to shoot your shit up. So then it was just like a whole ordeal. You know what I mean? I feel like they be good mothers, great mothers. Who's watching another thing? You know what I mean? On, um, I forget, it's a show where Little Kim narrates it. I think it's called oh, Trap, Trap Queens. Queen, yeah. Trap Queens. And she said, yeah. My mother was, yeah, she said, My mother was great. You know what I mean? But she said, She was working. She was a nurse. She worked overtime. She was amazing until she hurt her back. They gave her opioids. After the opioids, she started doing heroin. You know what I mean? Then the girl start selling heroin. So mm-hmm. the mom pretty much, it was like when she was terminally ill from sharing needles. And she was literally on her deathbed where she came to the realization of dang, this addiction got me nowhere but death. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty much too late. She gave her daughter the, her life insurance, you know, for when she passed and her daughter did good with it. But it's the point of addiction took her to the point of she was on top doing what she had to do for her kids. A good mom, you know, or I am. but her addiction got her down low to where she died from, I think age or something like that. You know what I mean? A, a, a deadly disease. And it was just horrible. So I feel like for women it shows out in their lack of love for their kids. You know what I mean? When they're addicted to a a man or drugs or whatever it is. You know what I mean? They stop showing up for their kids. They stop being their support system, stuff like that.
1: You know, I think it's important
0: for me to disclose, you know, that my grandmother was
1: actually addicted to drugs and she passed away before I was born at the age of 33. So I've been hearing that story my whole life, you know, like My concern was always, especially when I turned 33 last year, my um, concern was like 33 is very young. 33, nothing, you know, that's extremely young. How does a 33-year-old mother of three, single woman, develop a full-blown drug addiction? You know what I mean? For my family to be a praying family, to be in a family, you know, me growing up, a praying family, a family always in church, a family that teaches you the right morals. But, like, what's going wrong? Where's the lesson, you know, um, straying off to if my grandmother, my bloodline, the person that I wouldn't be here without, what, what does she go through? What does she experience for her to pretty much succumb to an addiction? You know what I mean? And that's why for a very long time, I didn't want to drink alcohol. I didn't want to do anything because I knew it runs in the family very early, you know? And the uncle that I'm speaking of is my grandma's brother about the crack pipe story earlier. So my grandma, drug addiction, her brother, drug addiction, a couple more siblings, drug addiction, and a couple of them beat the drug addiction. A couple of them still struggling. And unfortunately for my grandma, she died from due to a drug addiction, complications from a drug addiction, you know what I mean? So like, even on my father, you know, my paternal grandfather's side, it's like he, him with his alcohol and that got passed down to my father. You know what I mean? And no matter what ailments, it's really something if you don't catch, you're going to be scraping up change, trying to find something, trying to, you know, doing things that are shameful, trying to get that, Selling your body, you know, women in our community selling their body for drugs. Now it's so dangerous. You meet people online, make your profiles. Backpage got shut down, I believe, but it's still tagged. It's still, you know, WhatsApp. It's still Facebook, Instagram, all these things, DM and TikTok people setting up, women losing their lives every day, due to sex, you know, that's another addiction, selling sex, addicted to money. That's really 2023. We gotta really get into that conversation of this community being addicted to money, addicted to things, not only money, but fast money. Putting yourself into a position to lose every time. Young ladies thinking it's cute. Oh, if I just, I mean, I could make 250 with this dude for an hour. that's, you know, I could make 500 with, I can make 2,000 a week, 3,000 a week, 10,000 a week, depending on what man or what men I choose to lay with. That's better than a two week job. The fuck I'm going to sell my body. I'm going to do what I have to do. So it's like just a real shift of mentality. There's no shame. People will sell they soul to the devil for a little taste of anything, to feel anything, to experience a high, to experience, a I don't care. Like euphoria. I don't want to let go. How it's problematic for black mothers is that a lot of black mothers are whole, are, heading their household alone by themselves. So if you're, your kids see you coming and going, mood swings, mama kinda, you know, one day she when she's so high, she wanna dance, put on music. When she low, cause she can't get her drugs, she wanna beat our ass. She chased our daddy away, you know? So these houses are headed by bipolar mothers. Not just drugs, addicted to alcohol. Your mama hot and cold. You don't know if she coming or going. Sleeping in late, staying up late. You know what I mean? Reeking of alcohol. Not preparing food, not tending the kids, not washing clothes, not washing hair, not getting it prepared for the day. Everything starts at home. Big Blinks has emphasized this the whole episode. Everything starts at home. So if you're not preparing your children to be something in the world, we're always gonna do them a disservice. Everything is our business. A lot of people, they wanna... That's not my business, that's not my business. They don't wanna input. But one thing about black people, we're community. You know what i mean we're stronger in numbers we're stronger together and you shouldn't feel ashamed or you shouldn't feel like you can't speak your truth to the people that you really care about i'm worried about you i'm concerned about you because i i don't never say anything without backing it up i walk it like i talk it. i don't have no problem with letting somebody know what's going on how can i help i see that you're failing i see that you're slipping because i want them to check me too if I'm ever not on my shit, if I'm never up on my job, if I'm ever not motivated and doing what I need to do in life, please feel free. That's the only way this community gonna function when we start to get real with one another and keeping the conversation open, keeping the conversation a thousand and being honest about the changes that we need to make. In what ways does these addictions or do these addictions affect black children?
0: I would say that if, that it affects black children mentally, physically, emotionally, they feel like my mom was always there for me, you know? Now she's not. Like, my mom was always happy and go lucky and a caring mom, and now she just is always in a room, sleeping, or, you know, she's always out, never home, you know what I mean? Now we gotta cook dinner for ourselves, we gotta clean up for ourselves, My mom's never here. I feel like that addiction makes the kids feel alone, empty, sad, angry, and that turns into now I'm just angry because nobody hears me and nobody cares about me. So then they become probably a minister society or even become addicted to, the, you know, themselves. Like, what is so fun about her being out every night? Why is she always out? So I'm going to do it. Or why is she always in the room? Why is she always taking these pills? Does it make her feel good? I want to try it, you know? So it makes them more susceptible, I would think, and more curious as to, like, you know what I mean? Like, addiction.
2: Um, I feel like. Addiction, I feel like they'll start running away. Um, they might start taking drugs They self, just to, they might get addicted too. I want to do the same thing my mama doing. I want to see how it feels. I want to see why she acting like that. Um, Just a couple different things.
1: Just a statistic that, you know, in 2021, I live in California, that's my state, Southern California. In 2021, black children represented 14% Of the total child population in the U.S., but 22% of all kids in foster care. So for the black children to represent only 14% of the U.S., but represent 22% in foster care, the numbers are are they're numbering. Trust and believe me, but they're very disproportionate. Meaning that there's more black there's the population of black people is 14% of this country, but there is 22% of our babies in foster care some babies addicted some babies no mother no father no fathers you know because like i said if black women were out there prostituting on drugs trying to get the next hit the next high they don't know who they made the baby with they just trying to make the money for their addiction so our children come out addicted our children come out and they experience neglect if they aren't taken from birth you know if they happen to go home with their mothers and fathers they experience neglect abuse at home, sexual, physical, mental, emotional, psychological abuse at home, domestic violence, trauma, being vulnerable, like you both mentioned to repeat the behavior. It's always to do as I say, not as I do. A lot of people that I knew in my family, a lot of people that I talked to as a child, they will always say, do, do what I say, don't do what I do. But you know, it's very influential when Those are your primary caregivers or the people in your life that you look up to. You want to be like them in every way. Positive, negative, fucked up. You want to be like them. You love them. A lot of people in the Black community have to unlearn a lot of nasty and negative behaviors to relearn the truth, relearn healthy things. Because I feel like a lot of these addictions were coping mechanisms, you know? I don't want to feel. I experienced this in my past. I can't speak to my mother. I don't know my father. I can't say how I truly feel. I have mental health. I've been trying to, you know, I've been suffering with depression and these, you know, this helps me feel so high. And it's crazy because when we had the crack epidemic in the seventies and eighties, like black addicts, they were getting arrested. You know what I mean? But now that it's more so fentanyl in the black, in the white, you know, the white community it's black. It affects black people too, but it affects a lot of white communities, suburban and urban areas, rural areas. And now they want to offer rehabilitation. They want to offer, you know, um, placement in a facility, you know what I mean? But black people weren't given that chance. So when we really recognize that nobody's going to save us, nobody's going to create no government funded programs for us, nobody's going to help us get into these programs because, look, they dropped the drugs in our neighborhood to begin with. So why do we think they gonna help and save us and get us out the hole that they dug for us? You know what I mean? Being proactive. I'm not sitting here saying I'm squeaky clean and I don't do what I do and I don't have fun and I don't have a drink and I don't hit a blunt from time to time. That's my life. That's my prerogative. But what I am saying is it's not the driving force of my life. And I can quit at any time because I'm not even addicted to do it. You know what I mean? When I have goals, when I, nothing stops. nothing, I reach every goal. I reach every mark. Nothing's hindering me. And I'm also aware of the fact that Addiction runs in my family. So it's not something I want to consume in all the time, especially alcohol is disgusting. I've seen how many people act. I've seen the after effects. I've seen somebody coming down from drugs. I've seen some, you know what I mean? All these addictions, seen somebody so encased and so unwrapped in a male or a female that they can't even function, that life changed, that the sun don't shine, that the, you know, that the sun don't set, time has stopped. I've seen these things and I've never wanted to experience these things, even at my lowest. I understand this is just grief. We're not gonna rely on anything but our faith, but God, we're gonna rely on our inner, we're gonna rely on our motivation, we're gonna rely on ourselves, you know, to get through this tough time. And that's how I live my life, you know. Just for children, for black children, they're very malleable. Their brains, they formulate, they take everything, they take word as bond. A child gonna trust your word, they're gonna trust what you do, they're gonna see you. A lot of people they they have a conversation with their children and they realize how intelligent children actually are i say that all the time they are many humans they're tiny human beings they're going to be grown up they're collecting information about the world from you collecting information on how to behave how to work through their emotions or how to be angry how to be mad how to beat a bitch up how to fight a nigga. they learning these things through their family members through their caregivers so it's important for us to do to do our due diligence and actually have a good example. Give them something to aspire to, give them something to look forward to instead of just being so um so um concerned and so focused on our own lives and our own addictions and our own things. We got to focus on our children that also have to grow up and be adults and learn how to function, healthy function, healthy coping, self love. We'll get into that. Finding a space to make everybody in our community be able to be vulnerable and express how they feel without getting mocked. Being able to show love to each other without getting turned away. Being able to have those support systems in those groups in our community where when we ain't feeling it, where we going through a hard time, we just need somebody to rely on. Because sometimes your family can't do that for you. And especially if you want to break that curse, you got to break those ties with the same people that's doing the same things. If your family living that same life and they don't want to grow up and they don't want to get help, you it, you have every right to get the fuck on and choose who you want to be around. That's your family. In what ways can we work together as a community to produce better results for
0: everybody? I feel like we can acknowledge people's addiction. Don't attack them for it. don't judge, Don't judge them for it but let them know that there is plans to recovery and you can have a better life, you know, addiction free because it turns you into somebody that you aren't anymore. I feel like if they offer different forms of resources, let them know that we're here for whenever you need us. If they offer, you know what I mean? Whether it's like, oh, here's a meal from here or there. You know what I mean? I'll babysit your kids, I'll wash your clothes. Just the support of letting them know I'm here for you. You know what I mean? I feel like that's just a big relief off of a lot of people's shoulders you know what i mean and, and to let them know that it's okay we're human a lot of people be humiliated by it all oh, i don't want my family to notice or you know what i mean nine something they probably know but they just don't want to hit that line of asking mm-hmm. you but if you just open up and be like you know what they don't want to be weaker you know what i mean and just let people know that i have that open line of communication open and i'm here i'm here to support you i don't judge you
2: i say be nice mm-hmm. be nice tell them you love them. give them a hug like ray ray said maybe support them, wash their clothes, let them know I'm here for you. You know, I understand I've been there before, or, you know, I understand what you've been through, offer them um, help. Like, you know, maybe you should try to get a little help, you know, cause these are people they are going to talk to people that really don't know you. They can't really judge you. They, yeah. They're helping you now, but we don't know where they've been before, you know? So just different things like that.
1: And one thing that I really wanted to mention about the black community is that they always look at the, Effect, but they don't ever want to go to the root of the cause because the cause kind of always makes the family look bad as a whole. I'll give you an example. I have a cousin that struggles with drugs, you know, any kind of drug, she's gonna take it. And the cause of a lot of her problems are sexual abuse within the family that she let, that she, you know, exposed, told, did what kids are taught to do, and nothing was done about it. So it's kind of her whole life has been, and the sexual assault didn't happen just once. It happened multiple times. She was very young, you know? So nobody did anything. It's kind of like she found, a, she found ways within drugs and alcohol, all these different things, and men, just a lot of different things. She found ways to not feel. Even though her life is not the best, it's very de- detrimental. She not even, like like you. we all mentioned, personality changes. I don't know that person no more. I, the person that I knew growing up, the person that I knew in my teenage years and a young adult, that's not the same person. Literally, mentally, when I say gone, gone. You don't know if they're coming or going. But my empathy really does, my heart breaks and aches for the little girl that never received help, that never received support. So eventually, I feel like it starts with self. If you know, that you ain't did right or you you know that you see something say something you got to tell somebody something because a lot of times people think they found out gonna say nothing because they don't care fuck you let me go get high again ain't nobody said nothing fuck it, let me go shoot some shit up again ain't nobody checking me because a lot of people especially when they're young adults and they are trying to find themselves people need boundaries they need limitations because if you don't have a boundary or limitation you'll do anything to anybody because you have no limits you don't care you have no heart just calling all abusers out calling everybody that abuse things out addictions out calling it out now I know you are having a hard time with these kids but you can't be up under this man all day they gotta eat yeah they're gonna be resistant and everything but then cut them off people gotta know it good people in your life is not gonna stay around forever stop enabling and stop excusing the negative behavior like I mentioned if you know somebody struggling with drugs why are they in your house I want to give them a place to stay I don't want them to live on the streets but you're fucking up your whole family dynamic inside your home to help somebody out that don't plan on getting clean no time soon. So why are you fucking up your family? Why are you exposing your children to that? Gotta let people, if they don't wanna get the help once you offer it, once you have the conversation, it's not your problem no more, and I'm being honest. Cause some people chase mothers and fathers and daughters and sons for years and years and years, grandparents and lovers for years and years and years trying to get them to the help. And what happens to them? They just end up losing themselves too, being an enabler. Being depressed, being sound, pretty much exchanging energy with that person that you gotta live with and deal with. What's the point? Can't nobody, you can't help nobody. You can't get another human being to do anything that you want them to do. It's up to them. Hold all members of the community accountable. Admit that there's a problem in your family. The hardest thing is admitting it. A lot of people want to be like, oh, you know, they just do it for fun, or you just want to turn a lot of people in the black community just want to turn a blind eye to what the fuck really going on. It's like, you don't wanna clean up the spill on the floor, but you should, because you don't know that a hurricane coming to tear your shit down. So it's like, you can pick and choose which battle you wanna fight. I wanna nip it in the bud. I wanna see why you're doing this. It's a a cause for everything, you know? Reflecting on the addiction. Why did you start? Was it for fun? Was it to cover up something? Was it to not feel anything? And I feel like to help you do that, to help you work through that, you do wanna seek professional support black people they look down on therapy but that can help you unwind and help you go through your tree and see what was going on and what things happened to you in your life to make you just change your personality or just say fuck it i'm gonna take it i'll do it what was you suffering from what every time you got high or every time you tried and experimented with something or somebody how was your inner feeling how was your inside feeling how was your spirit how was your soul paying attention to those things and then once you get it, cause everything starts with you, you can do this, appreciate the benefits of sobriety that you can get your life back. Because one thing about an addiction is it's really, really exhausting. Like I said, I've seen so many people, beautiful people, men and women fall from grace. And by that, I mean, radiant people, good people, never said really bad things. They turned into some monster So the memories I have, I got to hold on to those memories. I got to rely on that because the person that I'm looking at now in 2023, that's not the same person. I don't know who that is. That's no longer my relative. That's no longer my friend. That's no longer someone that I loved. I always have love for you, but I cannot be around you. Because my life will start being rocky and shaky, trying to deal with you, trying to have you around, trying to love you. I can't love someone to the point of the self where I'm losing myself and losing sleep for myself, family or not. Any more tips? Identifying your triggers, like I said, changing your environment, knowing that if I don't eat between this time or if I, you know, if I hang around these people, I'm going to get triggered. They're going to try to offer me drugs or they're going to try to offer me drink. If I'm around this certain person, if I'm around this certain family member, they're going to influence me to do things that I'm not supposed to do. Things like that. Identifying what triggers you. Exercising. Getting out, putting good things into your body, going to meditate, going by the beach, praying to God, talking to God, going to church, fellowshipping, reading, whatever whatever you can do to pour into yourself, put that energy back into you. And accepting the past, a lot of people still say, well, if it wasn't for my mama, if it wasn't for my daddy, if it wasn't for me doing this for my sister, if it wasn't for that nigga, if it wasn't for that bitch. But guess what? That's the past. So why are you living in the past? You're dead. Pretty much the walking dead because you're living in the past. If I drove my car car backwards on the freeway, what's gonna happen? I'm getting to a crash ASAP. So you think that don't happen in real life when you keep looking back, looking back, you're never gonna look forward. It's like you breaking your neck to live in the past. Life keeps going for a reason, accepting it and moving on. And that's gonna get us to where we need to go. You know, when it comes to addiction, It can be a very touchy subject because nobody wants to get checked. Nobody wants to feel like they down bad, so bad that everybody can notice. Nobody want to feel like they in such a hole, in a hole so deep that they can't get out. So as you mentioned before, just approach it very delicately. Try not to offend that person. Try to empathize with realizing that addictions don't start in a day. And it's always some form of trauma. Always some form of um, addiction that ran in the generation, you know, in the family. There's always some form of sadness and pain that's tied to an addiction because it's the unhealthy coping mechanism. So even if it started for fun, you know, just the personality I'm just realizing that many people have beat it, many people have overcome it. This is not the end. It's not over. Don't give up. You could do this. You know what I mean? You got this. You're not alone. You're not the only one in pain. Always reach out. To get in touch, you can definitely email at out at gmail.com. That's out at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at Air at The Fuck Out Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Air at The Fuck Out Podcast. Follow us on TikTok at Air at The Fuck Out Podcast. Remember that we do this for the love, not the likes. We do this for the people and not the paper. I'm committed to healing the black community one episode at a time. Once again, it's your girl, Queen Smoke. Big Blinks.
0: Your girl, Ray Ray.
1: See y'all next week. It's a wrap.
2: Hey, it's your girl, Big Blinks. If you or anyone you know is experiencing addiction, there is always help. You can call the number at 1-800-662-HELP. Help Help is 4357. Thank you.